0: Hello and welcome to the House of Rams podcast. We're using this format as a quick and easy way to find out what's going on at the club and hear direct from those running the show for us. We hope you enjoy this instalment. This podcast was recorded on Tuesday the 18th of August. Today we are joined by a first team player, under-15s coach and just appointed for the coming season, lead coach at the under-14s for the DPP at Saracens. So welcome Ian Rundle, how are you doing today? Hi, well, thank you, Eiden. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. So we've had a bit of break from our podcasts, and uh, over the last couple of weeks, I was taking a little bit of time off. So we're back and uh, up and running. And uh, but let's crack into uh, this call today. Um, I've known you for a long time, but uh, let's get a bit of background for those people who perhaps don't know you or don't know you so well. Uh, what is it you love about rugby?
1: Oh, well, there's loads of love about rugby. I suppose there's two answers to the question, the two capacities I'm involved in these days. Um, from a playing perspective, um, the usual clichés that usually come out of sort of everyone's uh, lips, but I do believe them to be true. Uh, speaking of someone who's also played football and cricket in my life for clubs, uh, there is a bond and a kind that comes with rugby. They don't really get in other sports. Um, you put your body in the line for your teammates. And when that's reciprocated, it does uh, sort of breed a respect for one another. Um, I also love how technical rugby's got these days. It's gone from a sport, what, 140 years ago, that's pretty much designed for overweight men to have a roll around. (laughs) Uh, These days, it requires a much higher skill set and a certain level of of fitness. something that I enjoy striving for. So, yeah, from from a coach's point of view, coaching the youth, um I think the core values that it teaches uh, the youth in regards to discipline and respect is something that they can mirror in their own lives outside the sport. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a great sport for young people to get involved in.
0: Oh, good. So what what teams have you supported over the years?
1: So growing up, I kind of always kept an eye on Queen's, to be honest. Um, as I started rugby, Will Carlin was the England captain. He was a Queen's player. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a unique kit that's kind of recognised even sort of outside of the sport isn't it um, yeah however in recent years sort of since the arrival of sort of keenar, Seller and Liner etc et et at and them being the most local club especially obviously now with my um, the fact that I'm involved in the pathway I'd have to probably say Saris
0: <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and of course you're a wild fan yeah
1: no Absolutely
0: not. You were you were very pleased with the way that the World Cup final went, didn't you? So at least we got there, mate. Well, we turned up against South Africa. Um, (laughs) We 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 gave them a game anyway, so (laughs) it was a nice try. So you're an England fan as well, of course. Oh, and we might even uh, become friends on Alliance Tour as well, so uh, we'll see. We may do. <laughs> it might actually support. We may pull that even more,
1: though. Which is more likely? <laughs>
0: yes, quite possible. Quite.
1: So, uh, so, how long have you been uh, playing rugby? So, I started playing rugby um, in Year Seven at secondary school. Um, it was a great time to start playing rugby. Um, it was the time where the game turned professional. Uh, the emergence of players like Jonah Lomu, the um, South African World Cup winning uh, story with everything with Mandela, the British Lions 97 tour so it was a fantastic time to sort of get into rugby. Um, I also was a student at Mark Hall so as well as being down the rugby club I was completely surrounded by it. My maths teacher was Alan Price, my PE teacher was Mark Kitchen and Martin Polkinghorne. My science teacher was BC Jones. So rugby was just everywhere, whether I was at a rugby club or not. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so I started, when I started playing rugby, the first age grade was under 13s, I believe. Mm -hmm. My uncle, Chris Spooner, uh, was running the team with Paul Rogers. Um, So, yeah, like many people, progressed through the youth system. I think initially go straight into adult rugby, like a lot of people do. Um, Or a lot of people don't, I should say. Uh, but the law was for sort of when England won the World Cup in 2003, it lured quite a lot of people back into the club. So I started, again, Chris Spooner was um, running the 15 men, So it was there. Uh, I lasted in there a couple of weeks before I was poached by my now good friend, Kerry Palmer, who was captain of the seconds <laughs> at the time. Uh-huh. Before, um, yeah, f- a few weeks later making my first team debut, which was obviously a quite proud moment. So since... Yeah, since I was 13, really, I've been playing rugby. Yeah, been
0: A little gap in between. A little, a little gap. Uh, yeah. that, that was a little fl- florey into football, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah,
1: football and cricket. Yeah, my knees kind of gave up on me, but you, re- you realise you're a long time retired, so <laughs> I, I was
0: drawn back. Indeed. So you, you you mentioned there your uncle, Chris Booner. Um, you, you have one rather well-known uh, other relative as well, don't you? I do. Well,
1: I do. My granddad, um, most people all know the name rather than the person. Uh only money he left us 24 years ago now. But yeah, my granddad was Ken Spooner. Um, so my whole life really has been led down the rugby club. I mean, I first come down the rugby club when I was four days old. Because people that know my granddad will realise he led he lived his life in about 50 meter radius.
0: <laughs> he didn't go far from the club, did he? No. <laughs> no, no,
1: because he he lived in the Hornbeams, which is for those who don't know, is right opposite. Um, round Gorse. It was literally about 50-meter walk through an alley. And then, forgive me if I'm, I'm wrong, but he would normally open the club and close the club. And it wasn't very hard to find him. So even though his first grandchild was born, we had to go to him rather than him come to us, I think, <laughs> at the time. So, yeah. yeah. And, you know, every Saturday I would be from about six, seven years old, my mum would drop me off at the club about 10 o'clock in the morning. I'd stay with him, put the post protectors out and put the kit up in the first-team changing rooms, etc. There's not a lot he didn't do. Mm-hmm. And uh, stayed there until about 8 o'clock at night until the swearing got too bad, <laughs> really, <laughs> to be honest. So, uh, yeah, he was a... Uh, it, it's great. I mean, like I said, he left us 24 years ago and his name's still spoken about around the club and sung about, so... He mm-hmm.
0: um, had a big impact. Apart- had a massive impact. So, apart
1: from my own my own children, Isabella and Francesca, that I have. Um, nothing really makes me prouder than being his grandson, really. So, it's yeah. something I'm very proud of, yeah.
0: Oh, good, 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 good. Rightly so. Um, so, what position do you play at the moment?
1: At the moment, well, for the last season, I've actually found myself um, in second row, actually, in the engine room. It has always been like that. Right. Um, through the youth section, I was always back. Um I've played pretty much across the back lines. I started at 10 under 13s. I have roles at fullback, mainly in centre. Senior rugby, my first period when I was playing, I was predominantly Mm centre. But yeah, last year, last uh, year, in my, um, with my people who don't know me, I'm six foot five, so I'm probably genetically more suited to the second row. And quite a lot of people said last year you should have played there years ago. But uh, yeah, that's where I've ended up. <laughs> in the, in the twilight,
0: that, that, that's where sometimes you're, you're known to make a little bit of a break and make a kick ahead or something like that, which comes from your your older days. In uh... That's right,
1: yeah. <laughs> or actually, you to catch a ball in the line out. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: um, so, so, surely that's given you some challenges through your uh, playing career, and and you've had to sort of reinvent yourself a, a little bit there. It, what, what challenges do you see are the biggest playing challenges you've had?
1: Well, I mean, the, I mean, everyone comes across challenges, don't they? While they play rugby, I mean, first of all, there's obviously this physical side. Um, I'm a veteran of three ACL reconstructions, um, two on my right knee and one on my left knee. So, you know, that's obviously I've lost quite a few years um, through injury through those. Um, at 37, you do face different challenges physically. You know, you, you do have to look after your body. Um you can't you can't roll up for training and not do any stretching afterwards it's like your body just can't take etc so you you know you've got to look after yourself watch what you eat um and really yes yeah, kind of look after yourself in the gym um shout out body fresh fitness <laughs> um Plug yeah up. so yeah. so yeah really and obviously you know the older you are you know you, you progress and um you have families and you have for home lives and stuff so you have to juggle the two you can't, all be, you can't all be rugby, rugby, rugby. So they're really challenges. But, yeah, like I said, challenges in regards to change of position, um, I would never have been able to do that if I didn't actually take up coaching. Uh, since I took up coaching, I've studied the game a lot more. You look outside of your own bubble in regards to your position, um, on obviously how to coach, etc So that really kind of made my um, pathway into sort of changing position a lot more easier
0: Mm mm-hmm yep so have have you been on any good rugby tours
1: um i've had a few i've never been on a senior tour
0: oh Um, you'll be a tour virgin then oh
1: yeah i would have been this
0: year
1: yeah um my yeah i I mean i had youth tours um mine head sticks out butlins um that was a great sort of that was my first tour um I went on a tour to Scotland with the under, I think they were under 16s at the time, Kev Ellis, Paul Scott's team, okay. I shared a room with uh, James Grove and Wayne Morgan. You can fill out the blanks on that one. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was uh, lively, let's just say lively, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. You won't you
1: get away with it these days, I think.
0: <laughs> no, maybe not, maybe not, but uh, I... I been away with Grover and Morgan. They actually came on my stag do to Benidorm um, years and years ago, and uh, also we had a weekend in in Butley not Butlins, um, in uh, Blackpool. Um, and and by the time we got to Blackpool. Um, we tried to get Morgan into the taxi from from the train station to there he couldn 't walk it was and then he, he progressively got sort have, of, one yeah he wasn't it wasn 't a lot, but he was wobbling all over the place at that early early stage and uh yeah he climbed yeah. up on, when we got to the uh uh hotel in blackpool uh he was like oh, i 'm a bit drunk and we got Grover to have a quick word with him and uh touched cu- him Quite possibly. Um, But next thing we know, he was sitting up on the roof of the hotel. And he's like, What are you doing up there? He he thought everyone hated him. And he he climbed up, he's sitting on the top of the roof with not much on. um, And he's a roofer by trade, I guess. So he used to be up at that height. But still, we had to talk him in off the roof to to come and join in the rest of the weekend. But uh, yeah, I didn't know I was going to be selling that story on there, but there we go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So um, how did you get into coaching rugby?
1: Well, you actually know the answer to this question, but for for everybody else, um, I'm a London Black Taxi driver, and Paul, uh, yourself, is one of my customers, Mm -hmm. they regularly take you from uh, your home to the airport, and like many other people... um, that you interviewed it was kind of in case of you know you can never have too many hands why don't you come along uh one evening so we, we were training it was there under 13s at the time and was it under 12s, yeah, 12s at the time wasn't
0: it under 12s
1: yeah. under 12s and you were training on a Friday night so I popped along and um yeah I just I just took to it instantly I just enjoyed it I enjoyed seeing the progression um I enjoy coaching um the youngsters um enjoy almost everything about it i enjoy being back at the rugby club uh, like i say if i hadn't have done that i wouldn't be playing now um and yeah i just i just do like and it's a big and now it's obviously a big part of my life so mm-hmm. it's uh, i'm very glad that it happened
0: excellent so so you've now taken that coaching onto a sort of next level and you have the, uh, the sort of lead coach for the saracens under teams. Uh, DPP group next year, or this coming season rather. Um, what does that What does that role involve?
1: So I have two roles actually at Harrison's. Firstly, yeah, I'm a the lead this season leader uh, under 14s for so the DPP. Now the DPP is the pool of players that are nominated from uh, individual clubs each season. Responsi- my responsibilities for that being the lead would be to write the session plans for the monthly sessions um obviously identify the individuals with the potential to be promoted to the uh, next level up which is the PDG the player development group and just generally oversee the on-pitch training of the age grade uh, with the help of my my fellow coaches the best thing about that is I'm extremely fortunate to have be assisted by two um lovely individuals Maureen and Doreen uh, sorry Maureen and Donna who um, look after the admin side, so really I can concentrate on the on the practical aspect of that, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, I also, and one of the coaches, of the aforementioned PDG, which, like I stated, is the next level up from the DPP. Uh, they are a group of players that have been identified as the uh, standouts from the DPP. Mm-hmm. Um, they train fortnightly, um, like whenever you progress for a ladder. Um, more is expected of you. These are high energy, high intense training sessions. They follow a dedicated strength and conditioning session they have before they even come out. So um, yeah, they you know, they have to perform to a, a high standard fortnightly to you know to stay in that PDG. So again, it's it's a role that I really enjoy taking part in.
0: So is that with the same age group? Or is that a slightly different
1: age group? No. So the PDG is done. Um, so each, the DPP uh, is uh, each age grade where the D uh, the PDG, you have, uh, it starts at under 14s and it's mm-hmm. the 14s, 15s, 16s uh, before they go into the players that make the grade will go into the full um, academy at Saracens.
0: So we've got we've got a few Harlow players in that PDG piece at the moment. We do, we? Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, we'll you know, our, our team, our under-15s team at Harlow has, um I think seven players now in the DPP
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, very fortunate that we have three players in the pdg uh Henry snowbel uh tolu and Ben Ferrier, who are doing all doing very very well and uh it's really helped them focused on their game and uh more than holding their own in the pdg which is great for for them and great for our club
0: so do you coach sort of you mentioned across age groups there know like, uh, charlie nunn in the age group above do you coach him as well
1: yes group? i do yeah and obviously yeah. charlie he's doing fantastic as saracens he's actually um made it into the academy oh, okay and that that really is a commitment i mean he he would train to allianz park every um monday has strength and conditioning old albanians on a wednesday as well as playing for harlow on a at the weekend and try and train with his own Harlow team, mm-hmm. so it really shows the intensity and the effort and the focus that goes into these young players from professional clubs.
0: Yeah, oh, good. yeah And uh, this that always looks like it's in place. None of that's affected by the Saracens situation at the moment, or uh, uh, COVID, it's all still going ahead this this coming season.
1: Uh, yes, yeah, yes. I've had uh, throughout lockdown, I've had Zoom calls with. Um, with the Saracen, not hierarchy, but you know, group coaches, etc., and uh, Andy Dolin and Mike Highland etc. So yeah from I mean there there may be cuts there'll be cuts through everything but the general DPP and the PDG will be continuing.
0: Program still running excellent yeah good good good. now sort of this we're we're kind of coming towards the end of lockdown but certainly London isn't looking like it has been and there's a black taxi driver I'm sure that's affected you uh, quite significantly Um, but uh, I know you've been up to a few different things during this this sort of period that you wouldn't necessarily have had the time to to focus on Uh, I think you'd be focusing quite a lot on the 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 rugby side side of things. So so what else have you been up to in this these last few months?
1: Yeah, so definitely. I mean, first things first, you've got to take a positive outlook down. I'm healthy. Mm. Um, My loved ones are healthy, and there are people far more or worse off than I am. Um, So while whilst it's been a strange time, um, and you like normality back, you know it hasn't been awful for me. So I just have to say that. But yeah, I mean, I've used the time that I've had, and I've had a lot of time on my hands. Pretty much all of my spare time that I've got when trying to raise a family um, has been sort of looked at to sort of developing my rugby coaching. Um, I've read books, which I haven't always read during my life.
0: Yeah.
1: So, you know, sure I would, I'd much rather watch something on TV or something, but I've definitely read a couple of books. Um, one book in particular, um, I just I thought I'd mention because I'd, I'd recommend it to any coach or any sport or any age grade rugby, uh, the book by John Wooden, uh, the, the famous basketball coach in the 70s and 80s at UCLA who won eight uh, national championships in a row. And, uh, you know, they've never won one since he left. And if you if you think the turnover being in a, in a college where you have different players every single year come in to win a national championship eight years in a row, shows what a great coach he was and his book's fantastic. So that's called Wooden on Leadership. It's, I'd definitely recommend it to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Yeah, so I read a couple of books. Um, uh, but I've been on um, uh, coaching webinars. I've had some online tutorage with uh, the Force coach of um, Ealing Trailfinders, Stephen Neville. He put a fantastic um, online course together for um, a more advanced principles of scrummaging, which I've certainly learned a lot from. I haven't, of all the positions that I have played, I've never played in the front row. so. I really have to look into that and research um the dynamics and obviously the modern game of the front row that's something i'm really looking forward to teaching um certainly our harlow team mm-hmm. in this
0: coming season yeah and uh, you i mean you've, you've mentioned a number of webinars that you've attended and and I, I know we've shared some ideas on podcasts to listen to because there's been a huge amount of that sort of stuff being published and and, and available in 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 quite a um you know, sort of wide uh range of information people just keen to get contact out there and uh, content out there um but but also with the uh, super rugby in new zealand back up a, up a running and and australia now and now the premiership um you, i guess what well, we've been pushing to our boys i know to watch a lot of rugby wherever you can uh what, what have you taken from the, the the games that you've seen in those uh
1: different competitions so far so the super rugby in new zealand i mean i absolutely loved it i mean i have watched Ever, obviously with this modern day nature of like sort of Sky Go, et cetera, you can record it, even if you don't want to get up at four in the morning. <laughs> you know, I, I have watched every minute of every match of, of that um, Super Rugby. And, you know, as a coach and as a player, to be honest, sort of watching rugby, in my opinion, is, is a priceless tool. And I, I'd i recommend everyone to do it. I mean, it drives my wife mad, but I'll regularly sort of be watching the rugby, pause, rewind, and watch a, watch her face back to see how a Sky was, a, sorry, a try was scored. Mm-hmm. or how the defending team performed in that phase and she's like oh, will you just watch it you know, <laughs> but you know but I, tr- I try and I try and study these days since I started coaching um, I try and study uh, a game rather than watch it you know something I learned from s- sort of Stuart Lancaster's advice and webinars that I've been on you when if a team scored a try he'd always look at sort of how the team defended it and what they could have done better rather than that the actual the team that scored the try etc so you know I'd always try and Really look into what,
0: why, and how things happen rather than just watching the game, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I know that, and the number of times I've pressed pause when I'm watching rugby with Owen and Reese and said, Look, this is why this has happened, this is why that has happened. Uh, I get a varying degree of uh, interest <laughs> from, from them. It depends on what day and and what else is going on in their lives at the same time, but uh, you, yeah, that, you
1: know, and it you know, can I only help your own knowledge. I mean, I started, I made my senior debut in what 2003 it's, you know 17 years ago, 17 years ago now I mean the game is unrecognizable I mean I was watching the 97 Lions uh, game I mean look it's a completely different game these days so you, you know you have to keep up to date with modern rugby yeah um, and if you don't you know if you don't watch if you don't watch it on tv or you know you, you surround yourself with it you're going to be out of touch so it's definitely something if you if you if you've got sort of goals to be a coach you know, you've got to, you've got to stay, uh, you've got to stay relevant.
0: Yeah, indeed, indeed. So, um, and now I know you've also been working with a small group uh, of uh, other coaches on a coaching curriculum for for basically all of our club. But uh, who else is involved with with this, and and, and what's the intentions behind this?
1: Well, we came up the idea of a curriculum. There's a, a few coaches in the club identified in the past. That the skill set of the youth section, uh, particularly when transitioning from the youth section up to Colts um, have not been of a good enough standards. Obviously, you can't change the past, um, but you can certainly Something, change
0: that. So, yeah, I think, I think Weston described it as some of the core skills weren't quite um, at the level that they needed to be, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. But, you know,
1: and um, you, know, you can like say you can't change the past, but you can change mm-hmm. what's going forward. Um, the club's heavily invested in youth coaches over the last couple of years. Uh, certainly, every single age grade now has a, a level two coach with that in mind and the sort of the tools in their armory the um we've come up with a coaching guide uh, that follows the RFU best practice um and for each age grade identifies where the co- coaching emphasis should be and what the minimum standard should be met during that season so um myself uh, Michael Weston Stuart Crump who um also I've never had any um experienced coach under six under sevens and the challenges of that bring. to so Stuart's um, knowledge was a real help in the early stage of the curriculum together and it flows through the age grade structure uh, as additional elements of the game are brought in uh, mm-hmm. up to when you play Colts in the form, form of uh, rugby's played
0: yes yeah, I mean I think Stuart Crump just for those people who don't know is currently our under or will be our under eights coach this season uh, Mike Weston clearly first team coach and and, and we've also got um I think Charlie Nunn involved in that group, who's coaching both at under sixes next year and under 16s. So um, so there's a good spread of people there and it's not intended to be something that's just for the boys. It, it, it's, it's a curriculum that you can use for, for both the female side of the game and the male side of the game. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, a yeah.
1: lot of work's gone into making it a uniform sort of format throughout the club, mm-hmm.
0: that
1: uniform terminology, um uh, so you know players you know you can coaches can fill in for uh, other coaches and age grades they can look at the coaching guide and find out what levels they should be aiming for where the emphasis should be training and it really makes it like nice fluid system really so yeah, yeah. it's uh, i'm looking forward to rolling that out this year
0: yeah i i, I from, from from what i've seen so far i think it's going to be an excellent uh way of kind of presenting Harlow rugby coaching as opposed to individual team coaching and sort of that, that, to, to, to try and tackle that uh, that problem. Well, Harford have got a good under 13 side. Stortford have got an excellent under 16 side. Harlow have got a good under... 14 side to try and give that sort of uh, uh, coaching experience across the club uh, to be more uniform and uh, as we come out the other side people as you said using the same terminology everyone understands what we're trying to do uh, and that sort of thing so it does seem to and
1: and it has been received with nothing but positivity from the other coaches Uh, Mm -hmm. so it's it's not a uh, you must do this you must do that it's yep. um it's a guide you know it's a guide for them st- for them to refer back to et cetera, just to check they're on the right lines
0: yeah no, I, and and clearly this is, this this isn't finished at this point in time i think we'll get it get it finished uh, and and ready to share with other people by i think we said the end of the month didn't we on our last coaching call and that but um um but yeah yeah i i think it's going to be very positive and sort of underpin a number of things that we we are doing as a a coaching group really so
1: and, and really, what I like about it, it, like I said, it flows from the under sixes to under sevens, and it flows all through the all through the age grade structure to colts, um, yeah. or to basically when we hand the under 16s on to colts, and then Michael Weston will then work with obviously Coyne is the current colts coach to yeah. ensure the transition from colts to senior rugby is as smooth as the uh, as the age grade structure. Yeah. And I, I think
0: one of the things that's happened over this uh, sort of as we've been developing this and as we've been talking with other coaches about it, it's sort of brought a lot of the coaches closer together. And uh, I, I think previously you were, as it, certainly in the age grade rugby, you, you were likely to talk to the people below and help them out and help the people in the age uh, above. But this has brought lots of different things together. And we saw, I think we had um, Emma from the under sixes came down to watch our session on sunday didn't she and uh, uh, and sort of share that game zone um skill zone sort of approach to our coaching se- sessions so it's it's um it's really forming the basis to bring us all a little bit closer together and and for any coaches out there that are uh, perhaps feeling a little bit isolated then there is a wider support group there for them uh, and able to to provide no, help absolutely them. and yeah.
1: you know j- and just the fact that you know, Emma felt comfortable to come and, uh, you know, a, a new coach at the rugby club, taking over under sixes, but she, given them that she's been, you know, thrown in the deep end. Mm-hmm. The fact that she felt comfortable to come and ask um, to join a session shows that we've created, a, you know, a welcoming environment, that you know, the coaches are um, comfortable working with each other and I'm not, not afraid to come for help, you know.
0: No, it is good, isn't it? It really is. And I know we're going to try to work on a coaching charter as well that sort of underpins what we're trying to achieve and sort of something we can all relate to as a, uh, a group of coaches. But uh, how, how do you think this will help?
1: Well, again, it's just you, you know taking taking control of a youth team. You know, it's a big responsibility. It's a big responsibility. You're responsible for. You know, a whole age grade and the individuals. You know, kind of the, the start to their rugby life. So, again, it's not a as a coach you must do you this, you must do that. It's a um, it's a guide that we come up with as coaches. Almost kind of a pledge that you, the sort of you know the role you actually commit to yourself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, um, the standards that we expect of ourselves. Because at the end of the day, we've all got a common goal. We want the best possible coaching. For the, for the Youth of Harlow Rugby Club. Uh, I don't think anyone is in um, disagreement with that. So it's really as as we work together as a unit mm-hmm. um, to deliver that, you know. My, my real goal is I don't ever want anybody driving past Harlow Rugby Club to go and play rugby somewhere else. For yeah. me, with the facilities that we've got, uh, if we provide youth coaching the same level as the facility that we play in,
0: there should be no reason for anybody to throw past holiday rugby club yeah no indeed, that's, but... the, that's the goal and and, and i think to, to supplement that i think we're also going to try to put uh, a coaching or coach mentoring sort of program in place to sort of assist those coaches who need some support and and that sort of thing do, do you have any uh, ideas how that sort of um, uh, approach may may benefit us
1: well, like I say, I mean, you go back to, you know, this Sunday of Emma, she, you know, she, she hasn't done her level two yet. She literally started, started with rugby this season. Uh, She'd hear us talking about terminology such as game zone and skill zone structure of a session. You know, and she, and she just wanted to, you know, she felt comfortable to come forward. I mean, no one's going to be given a mentor as in, you must, you know, you mm-hmm. must report to him or, he, you know, you must report to her, et cetera. It's basically just, again, it's a group of coaches um offering advice should it be needed. Um and um yeah, thanks for the sound effect there.
0: Yeah, I actually,
1: I, I I Sorry my... phasing me out.
0: No, no, no. The the, the, the worrying thing is it in the background. So uh, I I have everything ready to sort of edit this all together afterwards, and we've just got the wonderful sound effect just kicked off on the other laptop sitting next to me. Like, what on earth is going on there? So, so apologies to everyone not there. But uh, um, yeah, so to pick
1: up where I left off, it's literally Mm -hmm. just you know, it's a support network Mm for all coaches to you know to muck in and help each other. And like I say. If we do that, it puts us in a good place for the best possible coaching
0: that we can. Yeah, sure. So, um, uh, I mean, we've we've heard from pretty much everyone that I've asked when I've come to the end of the podcast about what where should the club invest. I mean, there's always been an element of investing in our youth setup and uh, and making sure we have that sort of pipeline of uh, of players coming through the club, but enjoying their journey through the club as well. So, um, I think this this would really um, support all of that and and help us be more successful as a club overall but i guess in in what you've talked about with the coaching here and you are clearly deeply involved and deeply uh, researching different uh, th- different things if you had an extra pair of hands to sort of help you out with uh, any of this stuff what would that what would that extra pair of hands do oh, i mean like, like you
1: always said too much you always use an extra pair of hands i mean it would have to be the right pair of hands to release. I mean, you know, we're not as a as a coaching team. Me, you, and Mark Kent. Um, we like to. I like I like to bring in uh, first team players to come in for for sort of guest training sessions. I mean, we've had James Lewis or Bean, mm-hmm. Jack Gorman, Jack Christie. Uh, this week we've got Michael Weston coming in. Um, Lee Harren, who we've added to our coaching set this year, is going to give fantastic insights to our squad. Um, particularly our halfbacks um but coaching in skill itself is a skill so it has to be the right sort of hand but if i could have someone help us out i'd probably guess i would probably get someone helping to film our games so we can look back and analyze them in a the better light mm-hmm. yeah that's probably something i would do no yeah I c- certainly
0: when i mean we've used some elements of not filming the whole games but filming body positions and and things like that in training and showing it back to players it's very powerful to show someone this is what you thought you did but you actually did this and you can show them the, the video back and uh, i know from my time a while back uh, when we did still have filming games when i was playing um uh, and looking at that sort of stuff and, and seeing situations and going yeah we done that wrong uh, there used to be this sort of uh uh laughy jokey thing that came out of some of the Game video game, and this we did, where Prindy would always be the person to get to the back of the scrum and just lean on, and uh, or not expect to rush just lean on. Whereas nowadays, you see, in, certainly in the Premiership, less so in the. Uh, the the super rugby stuff but um that would have been called that caterpillar and so maybe prindy was a aw- ahead of his time at the, then just coming to the back of the ruck and just putting his hand on and having a breather uh, so, so maybe maybe, play, maybe so. <laughs> yeah getting there and doing nothing is now he's now something to protect the, the scrum off so ahead of his time there we go that's
1: uh, pretty He's getting
0: old now. <laughs> he is getting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, no, I mean, that came out of the video analysis at the time and sort of seeing it. And Brandy uh, would deny, infactively that's what he did. Uh, and then you show it time and time again on the video. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, I mean,
1: I mean if you look at professional clubs now, I, I was watching a video of how the Crusaders train um, just a couple of days ago. Everything is on iPads, it's being mm-hmm. filmed. You, you know, you'll get into a body position, you'll get into. You know um a scrummaging structure or a rug and that constantly there will be fake taking photos and ipads etc then re- freezing play reverting to um seeing what they did right or what they did wrong where they can correct and so it's just, it's just part of the modern game mm-hmm. yeah it might be slightly overkill for sort of the under 15s but you asked the question so
0: yeah I no no, no 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 indeed no i do think it would help i do think it would help um so um Coming to sort of the, the the end of this conversation, some of those questions that I've been asking others, I mean, I, I, we kind of alluded to it before, but if money was no object, where do you think we as a club should be investing?
1: Well, now, if money was really no object and it was unlimited and it was forever, you know, oh. I, I probably would invest in playing staff. Um, oh. I mean, if for Harlow, the town, was to have a national rugby club... Um, I think one it'd be great for the town. My my priorities as well it would be great for the youth set-up. Um, we see national rugby clubs in and around our area, so so it's A Bishop or certainly London One, um, you know, Blackheath, um, Old Albanians, Rosalind Park. They have two, three club two, three teams in each age grade. Being mm. a national being a national rugby club, um Brings a lot of kudos. You almost becomes kind of a magnet for players. Yeah. Um, you know, if you had, if you ploughed loads of money into the first team, you probably end up with people want to join Rabbit, Harlow Rugby Club. You probably end up with three, four, five, six teams again. Yeah. You know, with a bit of luck. So, but obviously that's not going to happen. I'm not suggesting for a second we should be playing first team players or anything yeah. like that. But so it, it was. The, it was
0: if money's no object. Question. But, it was,
1: so, it, but, yeah, but yeah. if we just, for instance, say we come into a little pot of money yeah i'd probably go with the indoor training facility that a lot of people have said mm-hmm. i mean we have we have the most amazing facilities in any way but if we could add that it would really put us um at the top of a tree for a you know a rugby venue so definitely yeah, yeah the indoor facility mm-hmm. i'm not massive on 3g 4g pitches to be honest but... yeah yeah but they
0: they there's they, some love them, some don't uh, I, I i do think if you've got a good grass pitch it's, it's it's a great idea.
1: Well, I'm very um, fortunate enough to play on that first game pitch. Yeah. And, you know, apart from one game last season where the rain was like it was on Sunday, <laughs> you know, you know, it's a joy. It, it is a joy to play on. It doesn't matter whether it's August or January, it's the same the whole year round. And you can tell by the response of when people come and they play us, they can't believe what they're playing on. At, yeah. You know, at level seven, level eight, level so. You
0: know it's um we're very very fortunate yeah we, we are and 40 pitches are great because they do give you that all weather sort of uh scenario but uh but yeah i think i think a grass pitch is a is overall uh nicer when it's working um so uh what makes you proud uh, about our club oh
1: so much makes me proud about our club um um there. first of all there is um, a fund which again will make me proud. There's a fund in the name of my granddad which is uh, there um, as a uh, backup for the youth and mini section. So if any player um, falls into sort of hardship uh, at home, uh, they're always able. If they want to play rugby, they're always able to play rugby. I know the club has has helped um, numerous players in regards to equipment or. You know, if, if there's financial troubles at home, just paying the membership. And I know two examples where players have gone on. And there's no exaggeration to say it's it's had a really, really positive effect on their life where they're continuing to play rugby and doing well at rugby, whereas they probably would have fallen out of the game. So I'm very, very proud of the club for that. Yeah, that's
0: uh, the Spooner the, the spoon Fund named in, that's, uh, that's the spoon after Ken Spooner. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. But pe- people make a rugby club, and I'm most proud of the people that just at our rugby at at our club. Again, it's very personal, but if you can imagine the pride that I feel when I go on at the end of the last season, the under sevens were singing a song about my granddad. That they, you know, they were. He died twenty years before they were born. Mm. Now that doesn't come from the under sevens. That comes from the coaches of the under sevens and the. The coaches for that, the coach, names, coaches. And no one ever forgets at this club. You know, once you're part of the Harlow Rugby club family, you kind of always are, you know, and that's something I'm very proud of. They look after their own. Oh,
0: good, 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 good. Now, what are you looking forward to? What's coming up that you, you can't wait to get your teeth into?
1: Well, I'm looking forward to playing again. <laughs> um, you know, again, I'm part of, the, part of the first team set up now. Um, it's been brilliant the way that Weston started with us in very very difficult circumstances to, to get the buy-in from the players you know we're getting 30 40 people training two times a week uh, with no date confirmed yet when the first games going to be played uh, could be two three four months away so to get that buy-in michael's doing a fantastic job um, and yes yeah, so I, I can't wait to start playing again i can't wait to put into practice what i've learned over the summer in regards to coaching um, I can't wait to stand at the bar. <laughs> yeah. As, as, as good as the app is. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to starting uh, my lead role at Saracen. So, I, I just, yeah, just looking forward to just getting back to some sort of normality.
0: Exciting times ahead there, right across the yeah. board, isn't it? Yeah. No, indeed. Well, Randall, thank you very much for your time today. Uh, I mean, best of luck with your your exploits, your uh, first team exploits, and and most of all with our team, the under 15s as well. Uh, really looking forward to getting stuck into that. There is an awful lot to look forward to. Uh, there's an awful lot of uh, things we could do along the way to have some fun as well. So, uh, thank you very much for your time today. Very much appreciated. And
1: uh, yeah, take care. Thank you very much. See you later.
0: Thanks. Thank you for listening to the House of Rams podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and found it interesting. We'd love to hear your feedback, so please get in touch through Facebook or email me direct with your thoughts. If you'd like to appear on one of our podcasts or showcase what you're doing at the club, please email me on pauloweniron at gmail.com or contact me through Facebook. Watch out for our next release and thanks for listening.